This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here is your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents or caregivers for caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. It has been an interesting time for us in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical teenager. My husband and I recently visited the Brookwood Special Needs Community, located in Brookshire, Texas, 40 miles west of downtown Houston. The Brookwood community is a God-centered, educational, residential, and entrepreneurial community for adults with disabilities. We were so impressed with the community and their philosophy. We are very concerned about Maria and Christina's future. What happens when we are gone? What kind of life will they lead? There are places available for them to live, but there are very few places that will provide a nurturing environment where they will continue to grow educationally, vocationally, and spiritually. They have always enjoyed experiencing a sense of accomplishment and taking pride in their achievements. Helping Maria to experience a sense of accomplishment has been very difficult since she graduated from her transition program last year. Finding a job for an adult with a disability is akin to trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, since there are not many places adults with functional disabilities may work. Brickwood's purpose is to provide opportunity through education so that Brickwood citizens will acquire meaningful job skills and hold real jobs in the community's own business enterprises, experience the pride that accompanies the ability to contribute to one's own support, grow socially, emotionally, and spiritually. Brookwood is a whole package. They have built a sustainable model that has the support of the local community. They provide residential to include aging-related care needs. They also have on-site medical and dental care. It is important to read the book, Everyone Has a Seed to Sow, by Yvonne Strait, the founder of Brookwood, to truly appreciate the struggle and what an accomplishment Brookwood is. Hopefully, I will be able to find this in Florida. However, I'm afraid it doesn't exist. Today, we are celebrating the fourth anniversary of the Special Needs Family Hour show. We are blessed to air on AM860 The Answer. A special thank you to the management here at AM60, our general manager, Bob Yoder, our program manager, Joe Weaver, our producer, Jose Cruz, and our amazing guests who are making a positive difference in the world. My biggest thank you goes to my wonderful husband, Jeff, who has been by my side for the last 32 years, my dad, who is the sponsor of the show, and my mother, my number one fan. We have a great show. Our guests are with Arts for All Florida, a nonprofit organization that conducts art education programs in schools, Department of Juvenile Justice Facilities, and Community Centers. 
They promote the accomplishments of artists with disabilities through their art registry, exhibition, and performances. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please stay with us. We will be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests are with Arts for All Florida, a nonprofit organization that conducts art education programs and promotes the accomplishments of artists with disabilities. Arts for All Florida is edu- Arts for All Florida is headquartered in the College of Education at the University of South Florida. I am here with Wendy Frankly, the director of programs for Arts for All Florida, and Jennifer Sabo, the executive director. Hi, ladies. How are you doing today? Could you please introduce yourself to our audience and tell our listeners how you became involved with working for people with disabilities? Let's start with you, Wendy. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for having us today. We're thrilled to be here and to talk about our passion, Arts for All Florida, and everything that we do around the state. Yes. Um, I probably began about 10 years ago. Uh, I've always been an art enthusiast, started out as a clinical microbiologist about 30 years ago, Took a little hiatus, and when I came back to work, decided um, it was my mission to um, help all people with all abilities uh, learn how to create art and to uh, use it as a source of education. Wow. And how about you, Jennifer? Thank you so much for having us today. Um, My background's actually in museum education, and I was working out in uh, Los Angeles at a children's museum, and I didn't show up to a meeting. And so I was told that I was going to be planning our um, Celeb 15 event, which was celebrating the 15th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I knew nothing about working with people with disabilities. I knew how to do art programs. So I kind of learned uh, on the fly, and it really became a passion of mine. Um, I then moved down to uh, Naples and worked at a children's museum there, and they were really committed to accessibility and inclusive programming um, because it was created by five moms, two of which had children with disabilities. And I had worked with um, BSA Arts in the past, and yes. that was our previous name. Um, and kind of when they were looking for a new executive director, it just was a great fit. So, Wow. Well, the first time we met Jennifer was at a Rotary Club. Yes. You had given your presentation, and that was awesome. And I was hoping that we could have you on the show, and I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for having us. Yes. And it's amazing all that you're doing in the community and all that you've done for people with disabilities but um, Wendy, so or Jennifer, please tell us a little bit about the history or how long you've been around, because you're unique in the marketplace, aren't you? Because you're so um, Arts for All Florida. Our old name was actually VSA Florida, and we've been around for about 38 years. So in two years, we'll have our 40th anniversary, which we're planning some wow. really big stuff. Um, but we were an affiliate of the Kennedy Center in D.C., which was our name, VSA Florida. And recently, we went through a whole rebranding, and we were really excited because a lot of what we do is about bringing people with and without disabilities together. 
our goal is that arts are universally accessible. Everyone can participate together. And we feel like our new name really shows about inclusive, uh, being inclusive and having people together doing arts. And so we are really excited to do our new rebranding. And that just happened. Yes. 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 Wendy. And with that, um, we really have kept our mission very similar mm-hmm. to what it was, to provide support, really rich cultural experiences for people with all abilities. Um, and and uh, all of our outreach is basically the same. So nothing programmatically uh, has really changed. Mm-hmm. But yes. um, the name, again, has uh, been a great way to uh, put us out into the community and people understand what we do. Yes, I like I like the name better. We do too. <laughs> Much better. Um, so how are you funded? Where does all your funding come from? Because you're kind of a profit and a nonprofit, or is that correct? Mm-hmm. So we're a really interesting organization. We are both public and private. So we receive um, federal Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or IDEA, funds. Yes. Um, we're actually a discretionary project of the Florida Department of Education, Bureau of Exceptional Education and Student Services. And that funds about half of our um, our budget every year, mostly our staff salaries. And then we do, we're also a private 501c3, so we write a lot of grants, we do a lot of service contracts, uh, we do a lot of fee-based programs, and that's kind of how we fund the second half of our programs. So we're, we're kind of both public and private. Okay, Jennifer. And um, if someone, and this is always, uh, always in the public, why is art important? Is that something you want to answer, Wendy? Sure. Well, I think the NEA, which is the National Endowment for the Arts, says it best. Art works. That's all in their logo. It it is the uh, studies have shown that. The arts teach tolerance, that it helps with creative expression. It allows um, everybody sort of to level on the same playing field. Um, yes. Art is a universal language, mm-hmm. as, as Jennifer said. So it just keeps everything very copacetic. Right, right. Well, as I was going through your website, I was watching videos and um, digital art. I was watching one of the artists that paints with one finger, which is amazing because you wouldn't realize that a person could do that. And his art is so wonderful. And not only is he able to make a life for himself through his art, it allows a person expression. And I think the first video on the website is of a friend of mine, Sally, and her daughter. And it's amazing because when you meet her daughter, you never realize all of the art and character she's able to create. So it really is an expression. And that's one of the things. We, we really think of the arts as a career opportunity for people with and without disabilities. And we really try to um, show that in everything we do. We never ask our artists to donate artwork. We never ask them to work for free. We really try to give people who have disabilities um, experiences where they could make art a career for them. So where they can exhibit their artwork and have it for sale or where they're being paid to perform or where they're getting, um, like one of our programs we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, yes. they get uh, experience and skills that they could actually use to market themselves or to have a great career in the future in their life. So um, we really think of art as not just an amazing opportunity to create something, but it's also an amazing opportunity for a future career. Yes, it's a vehicle on so many levels, mm-hmm. from ex- self-expression to a career. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you're headquartered at the University of South Florida, but your work is all over the state? Yes, it and is. 
Yes. Wendy, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we are actually, we work in all 67 counties around the state of Florida. So doing artisan residency programs, um, working with, as you mentioned earlier, the Department of Juvenile Justice with yes. at-risk students. Um, and also, we uh, we haven't mentioned, but we have three regional coordinators, excuse me, five regional coordinators that are around the state. Um, and strategically, they're placed to help be my eyes and ears, to help build relationships with museums, cultural centers, theaters, helping to build their programs so that they're more accessible and warm and welcoming. Wow. So I guess you do a lot of traveling all over the state. I don't personally because because, because of these you're... regional coordinators. Yeah. Okay. They really help out. They they each do have a certain amount of space, you know, whether we go by counties. So some of them have 10 counties, some have 15. Okay. I saw the map. I did see the map yeah. showing who had which county. And they really allow us to create these great, really rich partnerships, both with the school districts and also with other cultural organizations. Because our goal, um, we're considered a state service organization, and we are trying to make all the other cultural organizations stronger and better at being inclusive and accessible. So we kind of go in and we help do trainings for them. We help provide artists for programs where they're yes. kind of learning from us and then kind of take it and run on their own. Our goal is to not be needed anymore. <laughs> yes, yes, Jennifer. Now, as far as your classes, I was going through your website. I'm amazed at the resources that you offer at your website, and I'm also amazed at the number of classes you have. Can you? Um, who would like to speak about the classes? We'll let Wendy. Wendy, talk a bit. okay, Wendy. Well, you know, we're sort of divided in half. A lot of our programming is uh, in the community art class realm. Those are yes. fee-for-service programs, so we offer them to students or adults. Uh, many, many group homes offer them, and we oh, drop wonderful. into their programming. Um, but I would like to talk about our camps, which we'll get into yes. a little bit more. Yes. We have, oh my gosh, we're coming up to summer camp program, probably five or six different camps throughout the state. Um, but our uh, exciting one is our Animation Gets Real. We have uh, Three weeks of animation this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's We are in our sixth year in the Tampa Bay area. We partner with the iTeach Lab here in the College of Education. Uh, the other two are in North and South Miami. Um, and in a little while, we'll, we'll talk with some of our teaching artists. Wonderful. About Wonderful. that. We also uh, participate in some of the Rotary Camps in North yes. Florida and here in the Tampa Bay area, where they already have a camp, so we drop in and just do the art portion of it. So we don't need to facilitate the entire thing. Um, a great program that we have worked with for the past couple of years is with the McDill Air Force Base group doing Artfully Fun. Okay. And that's a, a one-week arts immersion camp. This year it'll be July 15th through 19th. Um, so if anybody's interested, they can contact or they can actually visit our website Go on and see all of these. And your website is? Is www.artsforallflorida.org. And that's arts, the number four, allflorida.org. Yes, yes. One of my favorite programs that we do is actually our Student of the Month program, which Wendy actually organizes, but I'm going to talk about because I love this okay, program. Jennifer. So this is really meant to honor students who are amazing artists or who've made great strides through the arts. And um, teachers and parents can nominate their student, and Wendy picks two different students every month during the school year. But the the nominations that we get to see are just amazing. Uh, Like I said, some of these students are very, very talented through the arts, but some have really just made strides. They're learning new social skills. They're getting leadership skills. um, They're working with their friends and and their community. 
And it's amazing to watch them because we get to see some of like just the most, I don't know, inspiring stories of of kids working in their community. Exactly. And how the arts have impacted their lives. Necessarily, they aren't necessarily um, the next Van Gogh, but the arts have made uh, the quality of their life so much richer. And at the same time, we're celebrating the the teachers, the actual ESE teachers, classroom teachers, artists, teaching artists that go in and work with the students Mm -hmm. and make these nominations. Yes, well, I've been surprised because... My daughter, Christina, her favorite subject was always math. And then she took art class, and that's her favorite subject. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of people who love art and math. It's a really, it's kind of your your brain thinks in that logical way sometimes. Yes, that must be it. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the feeling or the statistics for all of this is that math and music have a great correlation. Mm-hmm. Math can um, be augmented by taking music education. Same goes for um, literacy, or excuse me, literature um, and history, uh, the, doing the visual arts or theater. You yes. know, that will help to um, enrich that, that yeah. education. It's interesting because we do a lot of evaluation on our programs, a lot of evaluation. Yes, well, I was going through some of the statistics, <laughs> yeah. but I guess, I mean, if you have the a few quick facts well, that would be fun. well what i was just going to say is that um a lot of our our residency programs they include st- uh, standards in language arts and in math and special skills and a lot of the times the artists don't even realize they're including all of these so we ask the classroom teacher have they included language art skills math skills yes and it's like 95 percent of language uh, of residencies have language art skills and about 85 have math skills so we're doing we're doing these these tasks and these skills without even realizing it because it's just right. embedded into the art project. Yes, the best way to learn. Yep. <laughs> well, why don't we take a break there? I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Our guests are the program director and the executive director of Arts for All Florida, Wendy Finkley and Jennifer Sabo. We are discussing various programs and camps that are available to those with disabilities. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you listen to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I am here with the Executive Director of Arts for All, Jennifer Sabo. We are also here with the Arts for All artists. Janelle Pepel is a graphic designer and entrepreneur from Gainesville with a degree from the University of Florida in mass communications. She has been fascinated by 3D modeling for over 20 years. Once 3D printing and virtual reality became accessible to consumers, she began using them as an art tool to teach all skill levels how to make anything. So, Janelyn, tell us a little bit about your work and what you specialize in and how long you've been doing it. Hi, Julie. Thank you for the opportunity to share my wonderful classroom experiences with your listeners. Yes. So, I am a digital designer, and as an Arts for All teaching artist, I use 3D printers, virtual reality, coding, and traditional media as my art form. So, for instance, I might do an art project that uses modeling clay and 3D printed parts. Um, I've been designing and creating for Arts for All for about three years now. Wow. 
Now, when did you, I guess it says like over 20 years ago, so how did you even start modeling with 3D printing? So I actually had a manufacturing business for about 15 years. I did powder coating, which um, is not a well-known process, but it's a, a durable, environmentally friendly coating for metal. And I would have small businesses bring us parts that they had prototyped. And once I started realizing what 3D printers were capable of, I really saw the potential in just small businesses for making prototypes, for art, for marketing. I just saw so many opportunities that these little pieces of equipment could provide for people, and I just fell in love with them. So I've been really focused on 3D printing and 3D modeling for about five years now, and I've been so fortunate to be with Arts for All so that I can bring it into the classroom and share it with with young people that may never have the opportunity to um, have equipment like this at their in their classrooms. Wow. So how does this work into Arts for All programs? So I am a, a rural teaching artist, and I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to bring this art in, art form into the classrooms. And so I work with the teachers to identify any areas that the students are struggling with. And we usually set up a meeting, and we really discuss what's important to them, what's best for their students, how, as a teaching artist, I can can enhance their, their classroom using the arts. And so I try to make the subjects more fun by bringing in the 3D printer and VR. And so we always address core curriculum as, Jennifer and Wendy said, right. and so I use math and science standards all the time, but then I apply a 3D art twist. So the two to get, tie together nicely since you really can't design a th- for a 3D printer without understanding basic math. Right. Well, this is fascinating since I've never experienced a 3D printer. Oh, <laughs> and I'm well, sure it's a, it's a sophisticated hot glue gun. That's that's really how, how you need to think about it. Well, that that makes me feel better. <laughs> it's amazing what the kids are able to do with the 3D printers, though. I mean, Janelyn yes. really brings out their creativity and their skills. And some of the um, the evaluations we've seen from the teachers are saying, you know, kids that generally don't even talk in class are talking because they're so excited about what they're doing with her. That's She's one so, of our most popular teacher yeah, artists. Yeah, that's so fascinating, Jennifer. Um, yes, yeah, so Janelyn... I'm just amazed at this. So the teacher will tell you what situations the kids are having or as a group what they need to concentrate on? Yeah, and so we really we have a pretty extensive conversation, and I say, you know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to, to make your teaching easier and better and give the students what they need. So quite honestly, most teachers say they're having trouble with math. Um, right. I, I am big on measurement. Um, You really can't make things unless you know how to measure. So until I started teaching with Arts for All, I didn't realize that many students don't really know how to read a ruler. So a big part of my class is we read rulers and we learn fractions and we learn decimals and we reverse engineer parts. And so they can look at a physical thing and then figure out how do you make that. And then we draw it and then we make it on the 3D printer. So we go a full circle of having it made to remaking it to making it again. And 
somehow something clicks where they understand, oh, okay, so a quarter inch really makes a difference in the real world because when you make it on a 3D printer, it has to be exact. So right. those kind of things are really fun to watch because you can see them looking, that look in their eye of, oh, okay, now this makes sense. <laughs> now right. I know why I have to do this. <laughs> yes, yes. So how do you feel this work is impacting the students with disabilities? Oh, well, I see it impacting students every day from improved behavior to watching their little faces light up when they experience those special aha moments. And then every semester, I see students grow so much just in the eight hours that we share together. And I know the teachers really appreciate the Arts for All program because they've told me it allows them as educators to really empower their students with tools for success. Yes. Well, do you have any stories you would like to share of how the students engage with the technology? Well, I have lots of stories. um, (laughs) Maybe a few favorites. (laughs) But my favorite um, is a little classroom in Bell, Florida. And it was my second residency and probably the most challenging as far as range of disabilities. And like Wendy said, when I arrived, the teacher told me, you know, a lot of these students, or will not engage with you. They're nonverbal. They're not comfortable with strangers. And so I said, you know, okay, I, I, we can work with that. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. So it was the first day, and I, I brought the 3D printer, and I explained. I said, you know, I'm going to be setting up this equipment, and so just go about your normal routine. The kids are probably going to come and ask questions. And she said, no, nah, I, I don't think so. I said, okay, no problem. So all I did was set the 3D printer on the table, and those kids swarmed me, and they were just, all of our surprise, they just immediately felt comfortable with me as soon as they saw that equipment. And so even though I don't think they really understood exactly what a 3D printer was or what I was bringing into the classroom, they just seemed very curious. And so since then, we've started a small business in Miss Peggy's class. And they receive awesome. funding for their own 3D printer. Now they're creating products that they sell through fundraisers. And she told me that they were always cast aside as the kids with the disabilities, but now they're known as the entrepreneurs around school. So it's a really wow. cool feeling that I can I could be a part of that because they, they just are so appreciative of the opportunity. Yes. What's the most surprising thing that you've found as far as bringing technology into the rural areas? Well, probably the most surprising thing is probably how little effort it takes to get results in these smaller communities. Interesting. Um, Since they're more nimble, the teachers are able to get the resources that they need to help their students, especially when it's a program that works. And so it doesn't take long for the word to spread around a community that Arts for All really is providing much more than just art. Well, now, what's your favorite thing about being a teacher or a teaching artist for Arts for All? Um, oh my! Well, pretty much everything. Uh, the, the teachers and the students I work with are just lovely, and the staff at Arts for All is always just completely supportive of my work. So... Every day is just a new creative adventure, and I just love it. Well, so when they have their private entrepreneurial business, what are they creating? So um, they received their printer in January. By February, they were in business selling valentines. And they made these little spinning heart necklaces, and so they would print the uh, 
parts in the begin in the morning, and by the end of the day, the printer would work all day making these little spinning hearts um, that they used as pendants. And then the kids would string them up on necklaces and package them, and they were on demand, so they would sell them as they as the demand. So they sold in about two weeks. They sold over 200 of these. Um, nice. They were they cost 25 cents to make, and they sold them for two dollars. Wow. And they were the most popular thing, so popular that the PTA said, all right, you have to stop. We don't want any competition. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, so we're, we've got to work around, you know, other ways that they can keep making because now they're just a little machine of making these really cool products. Well, so will they be able to sell them other places? Oh, sure, yeah. The, the, the aides and the teacher in the classroom, they all are very big on social media and so they're selling things on Facebook and um, throughout the whole community and different organizations. And so they're getting a, a request now. <laughs> so they've done Easter. Um, they did St. Patrick's Day. Um, and they do things for the different sports uh, teams wow. as well. Well, you know what's exciting to me is what you've accomplished is excellence in art. And I think that's what all of you are accomplishing it. And um, I'm just going to add something here. I went to see Brookwood Community in Texas. It's probably the most advanced living. They have their own store. It's probably four or five times the size of Cracker Barrel. But the whole idea is that even though they have people that are nonverbal, is this excellence in art. And they don't have a 3D printer, but my, what what a person could do. I know. (laughs) That's that's kind of a new direction we're going with a lot of our programming is – Focusing some of these residencies on career arts is what we're calling it. So giving students skills on how you can make art a career, just like learning how to use a 3D printer is a great future career for someone. Yes. Um, I know Janelyn is also going to be teaching a great teacher workshop for us the end of June. And she wants to say a little bit about it. It's completely sold out, but we are taking people onto the wait list. Yes. Well, please tell everyone about it because I'm sure if they don't get in this summer, there's always another summer. Well, we have so many people on the wait list that I have a feeling we'll end up doing a second one of these sometime this year. Awesome. Great. Yes. Oh, I'd love to talk about it. I'm going to be teaching other teachers how I implement art in the classroom using 3D printers. Now, basically, I'm going to teach everyone how to do 3D modeling and little easy um, ways to incorporate the equipment into projects. Like I'll do projects where you don't, not necessarily everything is 3D printed. And so you, you build something. You, I've done things where we use a lot of paper and um, mo- uh, shaving cream um, ink modeling. And then we build something simple on the 3D printer that's fast and inexpensive and the kids get to, to watch it being built. But the big thing about the, the equipment is they really just like watching it, and they mm-hmm. like to know that they made something on it. So it doesn't need to be some big, expensive piece created on the 3D printer. It just needs – they need to understand the process of it. And so my – really my big goal is getting them on the software that where they learned how to 3D model because that can go into animation – and that wow. can go into industrial design, that can go into gaming, it can go into 3D printing, it can just it can take them anywhere career-wise. So that's kind of what I'm going to be teaching in the summer camp is how do you use this tool to create opportunities in through various different uh, avenues. 
That is so exciting. Is there a website or any place that they can visit, or should they just go to Arts for All? They can actually email me, uh, jsabo at usf.edu, if they want additional information on this. But it is meant for classroom teachers. And like I said, I have a feeling we'll end up doing another one this year because we've had so much interest in this. We're doing this and then um, at the same time, another teacher institute on using an iPad as a musical instrument for students with disabilities. So we're really excited. This is the first year we're doing these teacher institutes. So we're, we're very excited to do them. Yes. Well, Jennifer and Jalen, this is so exciting. And it's so exciting to know that they can just, they start with a 3D printer and that can open up a whole area that is marketable art. Mm-hmm. That is very exciting. Wow. You know, yes, Wendy. Yeah, Jana Lynn is a perfect example of our amazing teaching artists. You know, we, we don't just teach visual arts. We do music, dance, theater, yes. all of them. And our goal is, as Jennifer said, sort of to direct, get the direction going where they can become careers. Now, how can we implement that with our transition age students as they move forward? Not so right. much with the elementary. It's still fun and right. just you know right. enjoying art for what it is. Yes. Um, maybe more so supplementing their curriculum. Yes. Um, but But as they get into that, you know, uh, time to move away from home and to have yes. careers, it's really important. So our thought process is, is how can we make all of these different entities or genres of the arts be marketable for them as they get older? Wow. Well, why don't we take a break here? And when we come back, we're going to talk with another artist from Arts for All Florida. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests are the program director and the executive director of Arts for All, Wendy Finkley and Jennifer Sabo. And we also have Janelyn Papel, Arts for All artists. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you listen to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with Wendy Finkley, the Program Director, and Jennifer Sebo, the Executive Director of Arts for All Florida. We also have a visiting artist who's on the phone with us. She is an animator and entrepreneur, Danny Bowman. And Danny, could you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself? I started my animation company, um, Danny Nation Entertainment, back in 2009. I got my BFA in animation, and I am currently working on my MBA in strategical organization and leadership. And I am on the autism spectrum. My company, Animation Entertainment, specializes in providing animation industry talent development for artists on the autism spectrum and other disabilities, while also delivering award-winning 2D animation for entertainment and industry. Our mission is twofold, providing an autism-positive learning environment, supporting growth in technical and interpersonal skills, while delivering exceptional 2D animation to our clients. I first came up with an idea with Danimation Entertainment 
when I was 11 years old. Wow. My company has been producing commercial animation since 2009. With my company, I've illustrated and published six books and premiered eight award-winning animated shorts, a PSA, and a music video at San Diego Comic-Con. And at age 16, I started teaching animation around the country to students ages 10 to 12 at various camps, starting with Joey Travolta's Inclusion Film Camp. Then I began teaching on my own at other locations, including Animation Gets Real, which officially began in 2014. I just can't believe it's the sixth year of teaching in this program. Wow. So, Danny, how old are you now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm 24 years old. Wow, this is amazing. Um, so how does this work into Arts for All programs? Because you do camps and residencies. How does all that work into everything? So basically what, what it has, the Arts for All programs are designed to include people on the autism spectrum and other disabilities into the fine and visual arts program. So our mission with Animation Gets Real is aligned. Yes, and how do you feel this work is impacting the students? And how does well, for too long, okay. Well, for too long, many individuals on the autism spectrum and other disabilities have been excluded from the workforce despite our unique skills and talents in the arts, including animation. Our classes show the opportunity that people with disabilities like me can utilize their and utilize our animation-related skills as part of our career. Yes. And what software do you use to teach the students, and how does it work? The software we use to teach animation is Toon Boom Harmony Essentials. Even though it has over 50 tools, we keep our animation lessons as simple as possible to make it easier for the students to learn. First, the students will get to know the basic tools. Once they get comfortable with the tools, we start using the principles of animation by animating a bouncing ball. Then the students will animate their stories frame by frame like a flipbook. The process of learning Toon Boom is like, it's like spinning a flywheel. In the beginning, it's tricky and it's a little rusty, but as each student keeps up the momentum, it gets easier. Ah, so, so the process of teaching a student the animation process is, is just starting with that ball at first and then That's working true. from there? Okay. Tell you what, let's take a break. This is Julie Ames. We will be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. That's SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. Welcome back. I want to continue with my interview with Danny. Are there other elements that you're adding to each student's animation, such as music and voice? Of course, there is uh, music and voice. In addition to animation, we also have an iPad music class taught by USF professor. Dr. Clint Randall. In his class, students learn how to make music with GarageBand. Some students produce their own music while others work together to create a musical score. And then it's brought into the animation. They work the animation, the, the music, to fit into the animation that they're working on. Some student, In other words, some students can take what they created from Randall's um, music into their animation. 
Yes, and let's introduce your friend, your life coach in the background. Your aunt is Sandy Velma. Is that uh, how- yes, yes. Awesome. Okay, and you're her assistant? Yes, I assist her. I travel with her when she travels around the country to teach because, uh, first of all, she doesn't drive yet, even though she's 24 years old. She still has, she's still not driving. Uh, so I'm her driver, her assistant in the classroom, too. Um, what I do when she's teaching is I just stand at the back of the class and keep an eye on all the kids' monitors to make sure that they're keeping up with her lesson. And when uh, if they get stuck or if I see that they're not moving forward, then I stop the class and ask Danny to come and see what's going on with the student. Because even if I wanted to, I couldn't help them when it comes to the animation. Uh, the students get it really quickly, and Danny knows exactly what she's doing. But for me, you know, it's, it's just, uh, even though I've been doing it for six years with her, is still not as, as fluent as, as she does. She just comes there and knows exactly what to do in two seconds. Yes. That's pretty much how I assist her. I just keep the class uh, together and moving um, because it has. they're all working on one project, so it has to keep moving together at the same time as they're learning. Well, that's a great example of a team teamwork with Danny. Um, Danny, I do have a, a question for you. I guess you're, how does it feel? I guess you're going to be teaching again, Animation Gets Real, in Cutler Bay. Yep, it is definitely true. I am very excited that we have a third location this year at Cutler Bay and that we can offer the program to another 50 students. In the past, it was disappointing that we had to turn away some students because the camps were full. But this year, they added another, and also because of the distance, the different locations. So now, but they've added another location, more students from different areas could join. And I just want to jump in and say that there are still many spots available um, for your listeners. Um, uh, in Tampa, I know we have about 10 or 12 spots left out of the 30 that we accept. Right. Miami has a little bit more in each location. So do visit our website again, um, artsforallflorida.org, um, and click on camps. It's usually on the front page. There'll be something about it. Um, and you can do the full registration that way. Yes, and Arts for All is arts number four all. <laughs> and we have camps for all ages. So this is meant for our teens kind yes, of transition Jennifer. age, but we do have also some camps for the younger kids as well. Yes. Awesome. Well, Danny, yeah. I, this, I know this doesn't have anything to do with Animation Gets Real, but I understand you're expanding your company, Danimation Entertainment, to the United Kingdom. And um, how did that come about? It began with my longtime friend, Joe Westlake from Devon, England, who he asked me if I would be interested in expanding Danimation to the U.K., He had the idea to start the UK branch because there isn't a program like ours in his country. Joe Westlake is the co-founder and chief creative officer of a British autism organization, Positively Autistic. Joe also has a bachelor's degree in education, specializing in primary education and special needs and disabilities, and based a lot of his studies around autism and inclusion. Joe has mainly spent time teaching in primary education since completing his degree, and spends the remainder of his time working in the autism community. Joe has a mean interest in animation and has taught previously to students in a summer camp in the school he once attended. This year, he and his partner, Andrew Pearson, will be teaching animation at Plymouth University in Devon. So they got all of that approved at the university. 
which is great. Uh, yeah, so Danny loves anything English. So expanding over to the UK, she's over the moon about that. Awesome. Well, that is so wonderful. And Danny, you're definitely an inspiration, and I can understand why you're getting your MBA. <laughs> the, you're, Thank I, you. Yes, you you have your international business here. It's been great visiting with our friends from Arts for All Florida. If you want to be a teaching artist, volunteer, or donate, visit artsforallflorida.org. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please join us next Sunday afternoon at 1. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.